Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi Rabbil alemin. Ve afdalu salati ve etemmet teslim. Ala seyyidina ve mevlana Muhammed. Ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ecma'in. Women. A subject of theological, social, political and spiritual attention throughout the ages. Women have become a symbol of the vitality of nations. Women are the womb of inspiration, the heart of humanity, the spirit of love, the flow of tranquility, the song of serenity, the art of intimacy, the saints of sacrifice, the havens of hope, and the pulse of prosperity. When our master Muhammad وسلم, was sent to this earth, God's provision, love, protection, and care enveloped him in the most beautiful of feminine forms. The love of his life, Our Lady Khadija, believed in him when none other did. With her love and wealth, she nurtured his mission and bore his children. May God be well pleased with her. The most beloved of their children, Our Lady Fatima, as a young girl, defended her father with a lion's strength even when the strongest of the male companions, for fear of persecution, dared not reveal their faith. May God be well pleased with her. Then, the woman of his dreams, quite literally, Our Lady Aisha, bore with her extraordinary intelligence the letter and spirit of his law. May God be well pleased with her. Women of spiritual excellence throughout history have always shone with the ethereal glow of the prophetic mission. A sound heart within a sound mind is the womb of true scholarship. Fitra Foundation is the mother of Sayyidina Fisa Seminary, a sanctuary, an institution, an academia, a home, for you, for the lotus, to grow and glow. Illumined by the prophetic soul and nurtured by prophetic knowledge, Our Lady Nafisa is a culmination of the excellence of prophetic inheritance in lineage and scholarship. Who was Sayyida Nafisa? In one of the oldest districts of Cairo, near the citadel of Salahuddin and Muqattam Hill, stands Sayyida Nafisa Mosque, where her home was once situated, her tomb now resides. Of the greatest women in history, her legacy and spirit live on. Born in Mecca, on Wednesday, the 11th of Rabi'ul Awwal, 145 Hijri, her birth date matches that of her great-grandfather, the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. She was the daughter of Al-Hasan Al-Anwar, the son of Zayd Al-Ablaj, the son of Imam Al-Hasan, brother of Imam Al-Hussein, sons of the daughter of the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, Sayyida Fatima Zahra. May Allah's good pleasure, peace, and blessings be upon them all. Sayyidina Nafisa is from the prophetic household, about whom Allah said, إِنَّمَا يُرِيدُ اللَّهُ لِيُذْهِبَ عَنْكُمُ الرِّجَسَ أَهْلَ الْبَيْتِ وَيُطَهِّرَكُمْ تَطْهِيرًا Allah only intends to keep all sorts of filth away from you, O members of the prophetic house, and to purify you a thorough purification. Surah Al-Ahzab, verse 33. In 150 Hijri, her father was appointed governor of Medina. From the tender age of six, Sayyida Nafisa would accompany her father in performing the five prayers regularly in Al-Masjid al-Nabawi. 
Her father used to take her by the hand, enter the grave chamber of the Messenger of Allah, and in direct address to him, say, O beloved Prophet of Allah, I am pleased with my daughter Nafisa. He continued these visits repeatedly, until one day the Prophet ﷺ appeared to him in a dream, saying, O Hassan, I am pleased with your daughter Nafisa because you are pleased with her, and Allah is pleased with her because I am pleased with her. On the 5th of Rajab, 161 Hijri, at the age of 16, Sayyidina Nafisa married her cousin, Sayyiduna Ishaq al-Mu'taman, son of Ja'far al-Sadiq, a direct descendant of Imam al-Husayn. She bore two children, Al-Qasim and Umm Kulthum, alayhim ridwanullahi wa salamuhu ajma'in. Her father raised her with an extensive Islamic education. She memorized the Qur'an, learned hadith, and studied Islamic jurisprudence in depth. Being extremely intelligent, she became adept in explaining the Qur'an despite her young age. Later in life, she extended her knowledge to the community and provided religious instruction to women and girls. It is said that when she recited Qur'an, she would pray, O oh Allah, make it easy for me to visit the grave of, Ib of Ibrahim al-Khalil, for she knew that the mission of her prophetic grandfather was due to his prayer when he said, رَبَّنَا وَبْعَثْ فِيهِمْ رَسُولًا مِّنْهُمْ يَتْلُوا عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتِكَ وَيُعَلِّمُهُمُ الْكِتَابَ وَالْحِكْمَةَ وَيُزَكِّيهِمْ إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ الْعَزِيزُ الْحَكِيمُ Our Lord, raise in their midst a messenger from among them who shall recite to them your verses and teach them the book and the wisdom and cleanse them of all impurities. Indeed, you and you alone are the Almighty, the All-Wise. Surah Al-Baqarah, verse 129. It was only after many years that Allah answered that prayer, making it possible for Sayyidina Nafisa to visit the grave of the Prophet Ibrahim in Palestine. When she finally arrived, she sat at his grave weeping and recited, وَإِذْ قَالَ إِبْرَاهِيمُ رَبِّ اجْعَلْ هَذَا الْبَلَدَ آمِنًا وَجْنُبْنِي وَبَنِيَّ أَنْ نَعْبُدَ الْأَصْنَامِ And when Ibrahim said, My Lord, make this city secure and save me and my sons from worshipping idols. Surah Ibrahim, verse 35. In this state, she felt an intense presence and saw the image of Sayyidina Ibrahim السلام, before her. Of that moment, she relates, my heart began to beat harder and my eyes to blink. I called upon him, saying, O oh my grandfather, my spirit has frequented you many times. Now I come to you in body. I seek your good pleasure, guidance, and instruction in order that I may worship Allah until my dying breath. At that moment I heard a voice emerging from his image, saying, Good tidings, my granddaughter. You are chosen to be of the sanctified, worshipful maidservants of your Lord. My advice to you is to recite Surah Al-Muzzammil, wherein Allah says, Ya ayyuhal muzzammil, qumil layla illa qalila. O you, folded up in garments, stand to pray by night, all but a small part of it. Recite this chapter until its end, and meditate on your recitation. By that, you will be guided to the forms of devotion that contain no hardship. As Allah says, 
Allah does not burden any soul with more than it can bear. O my granddaughter, the intensity of your worship has weakened your body. Try to keep everything in balance. Sayyidina Nafisa was renowned for her abstinence and piety. She would spend her days in fast and her nights in prayer. She performed Hajj 30 times, most of them on foot. She would say, I am following the way of my grandfather, Imam al-Husayn, in doing that, for he said, I feel shy to meet my Lord, having never walked to his house. When asked about her meals, her niece, Zainab, who was dedicated to her care, replied, My aunt used to eat once every three days. She had a basket hanging in her niche. Whenever she wanted to eat, she would find something in the basket, sent from Allah. She never ate anything other than food from her husband and that which Allah sent her as a gift. She continued, saying, I served my aunt, Sayyidina Nafisa, for forty years. I never saw her sleeping at night, and I never saw her eating during the day, except the days forbidden to fast, the two Eids, and the days of Tashriq. One day the governor of Egypt sent Sayyidina Nafisa 100,000 dirhams, equivalent to millions of dollars in the present day. She distributed it to the poor until nothing remained. Princes, nobles, and many ordinary people sent her gifts. She accepted and distributed them in whatever way she liked. At the age of 44, Sayyidina Nafisa moved to Cairo, arriving on the 26th of Ramadan in the year 193 Hijri. Her renown as a devout worshipper and lady saint had preceded her. Historians say that the men and women of Egypt went to receive her in huge procession, riding on horses, camels, donkeys, and on foot, waiting overnight in tents, greeting her with morning chants of La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar. Sayyidina Fisa hosted most of the scholars of her time. By far the greatest of them was Imam al-Shafi'i, Allah's mercy be upon him, who had moved to Egypt from Baghdad in 109 Hijri, five years prior to Sayyidina Fisa. A noble relationship evolved between the two, based on adherence to faith and piety in religion. He would lead tarawih in the masjid of Sayyidina Fisa, and she would pray behind him for all of Ramadan. Historians say that despite his tremendous scholarship, Imam Shafi'i would visit Sayyidina Fisa in her home, seeking her supplications and blessings. He also used to learn hadith from her. When he would fall sick, he'd send a student of his with a message. Your cousin, a Shafi'i, is ill and requests your prayers. Immediately, Sayyidina Fisa would raise her hands in supplication, asking Allah to cure him. On more than one occasion, no sooner would the messenger return than to find that the answer to her prayers was faster to Imam al-Shafi'i than him. On one such occasion, Sayyidina Fisa dispatched the student with a different message. Tell him that may Allah make his meeting with him the best of meetings, and may Allah lift him to his proximity. When the messenger returned, Imam al-Shafi'i understood that his death was imminent. The blessed Hashimi Imam died at the end of Rajab, 204 Hijri. Egyptians deeply admired Sayyidina Nafisa's constant piety and comprehensive knowledge and referred to her with many names, such as Nafisa Tul Ilmi Wal Ma'rifa, the rare lady of knowledge and gnosis. 
Sahibatul Karamat, the Lady of Miracles, Sayyidatu Ahlil Fatwa, the leading lady in deriving rulings and verdicts, and Nafisatul Musriyin, the rare lady of the Egyptians, who until today love her intensely. When she began to feel her death approaching, Sayyida Nafisa dug her grave with her own hands inside her home, taking it as her prayer niche. In 208 Hijri, Sayyida Nafisa fell ill. She wrote to her husband, who was living in Medina, requesting him to return to Egypt. At the beginning of Ramadan, her condition worsened, but she refused to break her fast, saying, I have been praying to meet Allah for thirty years. Now you want me to break my fast? Upon her passing, her husband prepared to move her body to Medina to be buried in Jannatul Baqir, but the people of Egypt vehemently objected. The governor of Egypt entreated Sayyiduna Ishaq to bury Sayyidina Nafisa in Egypt, offering him a large sum of money. The next day, Sayyiduna Ishaq related, I have decided to bury her here, for I saw the Messenger of Allah in a dream last night. He said to me, Give them back their money and bury your wife in Egypt. The people of Egypt were stunned and overtaken with grief upon the news of her passing. In public procession, huge crowds coming from every village in Egypt, near and far, gathered at her home, lamenting, weeping, and calling upon Allah by his names and attributes, such a gathering, the likes of which was unprecedented in all of Egypt. Until today, the minaret of her magnificence calls to us. Her legacy leads us, and her spirit solaces us. We have not honored her by making our institution her namesake. Rather, we are honored by bearing her name. If her virtues were to be distributed upon the women of the world, they would render them all saints, glowing with spiritual strength, grown upon the sacred law, we aim to give birth to a new generation of female scholars, the caliber of which might please Our Lady Nafisa. May God's good pleasure, peace, blessings, and mercy encompass her. Traditional Islamic learning is our way. God's pleasure is that for which we pray. The time is today. This is our tradition, a flower that never dies. This is Iman Badawi, founder of Fitra Foundation and Sayyidina Nafisa Seminary. On this 28th day, the last Friday in Ramadan, 1443, April 29th, 2022, we wish you and your families a Eid Mubarak. Allahumma salli wa sallim wa barik ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa alih. Adada ma sama sa'imun wa adada ma qama al-qa'imun. وعدد ما استغفر المستغفرون وعدد ما دعا الداعون وعدد ما بكى الباكون وعدد ما كبر المكبرون يريد الله بكم اليسر ولا يريد بكم العسر ولتكبروا الله على ما هداكم ولعلكم تشكرون الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر لا إله إلا الله الله أكبر الله أكبر ولله الحمد